Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. And welcome to week one, session three of the 2K Plan Redux. What do I mean? Well, we've been through this once and I'm kind of going through a few of the sessions again to try and make them a little bit more interesting, fix maybe some of the technical issues that I had the first time around and basically give you an option to do either exactly the same session again, but with slightly different chat from me or look at the session, maybe tweak it a bit and then we can go through it again, just keep things fresh. So today what we're going to do is two 20 minute intervals with two minutes rest between at 18 strokes a minute and at 2K plus 20 to 22 pace. So it's basically exactly exactly the same as the last time round on the 2k plan but this time I'm going to give you um, hopefully different amounts of chat um, but it's such an interesting uh, important session to do especially after session two in week one that it's important that we stick to exactly the same thing okay so today's workout is going to flush out your legs after what was quite frankly quite a brutal session too so early on in this plan okay um, so we're just going to go through this nice and slow make sure and stick to the pace okay please um, I'm saying 2k plus 20 to 22 and whether you pick the 20 or the 22 depends partly on your fitness but also partly on how you're feeling after session two if you're feeling a little bit drained and under recovered then sit on the back end of this okay do the 2k plus 22 pace if you're feeling strong and fresh then maybe certainly for the first interval sit on the 2k plus 20 maybe the second one you want to back off a little bit if you're starting to feel a little bit tired after all we'll be rowing for 40 minutes in total for the main session plus our four minute warm-up. Now the last thing to say is that if you don't know what I'm on about with this whole 2k plus whatever pace then I do have a video on this uh, YouTube channel and um, I've got a couple of them talking about pacing but look at the one about the importance of baseline testing and that will tell you uh, what the 2k pace is, how to get it etc. Or you can just do this row today at around about a 5 out of 10 effort level and that will pretty much give you exactly the same feeling. So let's get into our four minute warm up. Now, as ever, we always start off by setting up the machine. So go to your drag factor first and set that to wherever you want it to be. And again, I've got a video about that if you want to go and check it out. The next up, go to your monitor and set it at eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, the foot strap should cover either the bottom lace on your shoe or let you hinge forward comfortably at the front if you're in socks. Remembering, of course, that the ideal is to be able to get to a point where your shins go to vertical, okay? So if you are too high, maybe you can't quite get into that vertical position if your feet are too low maybe you're going way past the vertical position that may be a bit too much info right now but hey i thought i'd top load it with that one so four minutes we're gonna do this run about 18 strokes a minute and we're gonna go into a nice starting gentle pace okay because we're warming up from the start so i don't want you to go too hard at the start in three two one let's go so just make sure you're rowing fast enough that everything is just engaging, or let's say slow enough. So all I want you to do is make sure that you're connecting with your legs as you push out from the front of the machine. Okay, so push with the legs. Make sure then that your arms are straight. And as you push from the front, the muscles in your arms are just connecting nicely bracing against the power 
Should feel a little bit of effort going through, maybe a four out of 10 at this stage. But all I really want you to do is just open up your body a little bit. Get your heart rate up a tiny bit. And then once this first minute is over, you can then think about upping the pace if you want. So if you wanna just put a little bit more pressure in through your legs, maybe as you get the handle about halfway, or as your, sorry, your legs halfway, what's he saying? Legs halfway through the drive. That's when you wanna pull the handle in to finish the stroke. You maybe think about a bit more force on that final pull. But I'll talk more about this kind of stuff during today's main session. Because, frankly, we're going to be spending quite a lot of time together today. So I'll go through technique a wee bit and talk about some other stuff as well. Hopefully keep you motivated to keep rowing. Right, one more stroke here. And then take both feet out. Put one on the floor, one back in, and continue to row with one foot either on the foot stretcher or back in the straps. Okay, so if you have both out, it makes it easier to swap your legs over. That's easy for me because I'm in socks, but if you're not in socks, it might make it easier. One more here. Swap your feet. Continue rowing. Should be able to do it nice and fluidly. That swap over. Remember the point here is to continue rowing with kind of similar form. All it is is that you've got one foot on the floor. And this helps with flexibility and compression at the front and things. One more stroke here. Now either both feet back in the straps, legs straight, and then roll with your back and arms. Now you don't have to be back in the straps here. You can stay strapless, but for these two drills, if you don't get the timing right, you're a bit more likely to become unstable without your feet in the straps. And I don't want you flying off the back of the machine, or at least I don't want you doing that and then sending me an angry email. One more here. Let's do the reverse. Straight arms, press out from the front. Just push out your legs. And all you're worrying about is the timing of the connection with the flywheel or magnet or water or whatever you've got. So you wanna be able to push with your legs at exactly the same point that you connect with the flywheel. One more. Oh, got a couple of seconds over there, but that's fine. There we go then. So that's the warm up done. Not particularly hard today, but then today's session is not particularly hard anyway. So have a quick drink. Keep on just sliding up and down the rail and keep your muscles kind of moving. I'll quickly say what one more time what it is we're doing today, and then we'll get into our session. Just a quick reminder that these podcasts are taken from the videos that I host on YouTube. If you want to see what I'm doing rather than just listen, then check out Row Along on YouTube or head to rowalong.com. 
All right then, so today's session is gonna be two 20 minute intervals with two minutes rest in between. If you wanna go ahead and program your monitor, you can just do two 20 minute intervals with two minute rest in between. Don't really have to worry about any kind of sync issues with only one rest period. Or you could go to the ErgZone app where this workout will be pre-programmed under the RA track. So it's gonna be at 18 strokes a minute and your pace is gonna be about 2k plus 20 to 22 depending on what your energy levels are like today remember as a bottom tier this is meant really thoroughly as a recovery row after session two and to get you ready for session four so i don't want you to push this one hard at all okay this is going to be about working on your core fitness and about working on your technique and then because we're rowing for 40 minutes it's going to be a great workout and you're going to feel really happy at the end of it all right so let's get into it. there's no point in me talking away to you now when I could be talking to you while we're rowing together. As ever, follow me for stroke rate, either on the video, you can see me doing it, or on the podcast, you will be able to hear me. Every time you hear the flywheel go, that's when you're meant to be taking a stroke. All right? So here we go with interval one. In three, two, one, let's go. So 2K plus 20 to 22. Might take a while for you to work out how much pressure you have to put in from your legs in order to get to that pace maybe you're just overcooking it a little bit maybe you're undercooking it a little bit because maybe you're not used to rowing at this stroke rate yes watch I'm rowing I keep on falling in and out of love with wearing my Apple watch while rowing. I do like it for kind of a backup for heart rate, if nothing else. It's the only wrist-based device I've found that actually gives a similar heart rate reading to my polar chest strap. Things like the whoop that I have on my right hand is useless for rowing. It's okay for running and cycling and things, but every time I take a stroke, the whoop thinks that that's an extra heartbeat. So if I'm rowing with a heartbeat of 140 at 20 strokes a minute, the whoop thinks my heart rate's 160, which massively throws off my training plan. But anyway, more about heart rates or heart rate straps and sensors should be coming soon to this channel or if you're watching this in the right order take a look and you should find a video from me about heart rate monitors basically what I'm saying is I'm planning to make a video about heart rate monitors and sensors so it will either already be there or about to be there right don't worry I'm not avoiding talking about technique I just wanted to get about three minutes into this interval 
just to make sure that you're nice and fluid, your body's properly eased off, and you can think about technique and body angles and body mechanics and stuff properly without it being that you can't reach the positions I'm asking you to just because you're stiff. So, how should we talk about it today? I do like to try and keep it, even if I'm saying fundamentally the same thing when I talk about technique, I like to at least frame it in a slightly different way so it doesn't just feel like I'm saying the same thing every week or every session. So let's just think about the most important part of the stroke in terms of making sure you're in the right position for everything to happen. And that's posture. I kind of, every now and then I'll really get very heavy about making sure you focus on posture. But it is really important. Because without it, not only are you risking power leaks, which is when you're not able to get the full amount of power into the machine that you're hoping to, but also the potential for injury if your posture isn't right. It's actually quite high, mostly from a, a lower back point of view. What you tend to find is that people who complain about their backs hurting when they row, usually it's because they've got poor posture. And I mean, it's an overgeneralization, but often people who find they get a sore backside when they row too, a lot of the time it's because their posture isn't great. And so they're taking a lot of the force of how they sit on the seat, they're taking it the wrong way. And that's why their backside ends up hurting. But anyway, we'll, I'll get to that when we're actually talking about position. So, what do I mean about posture? There's two parts of it. First part is how you hold your back. And obviously when I say hold, I don't mean with your hands. I mean how you're What's the right word? Well, posture's the right word, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, so what you don't want to be is all rounded and slumped and lazy and kind of, I don't want to use the word weak because that sounds bad, but just kind of crumpled and not powerful. That's the best way to put it. So what you want to be is primed and powerful 
and ready for the forces to go through your body and into the machine. You want to be kind of attacking it almost in a, I don't know, I was about to say a military fashion, but military does conjure up thoughts of bolt upright attention. And that's not right. Why well, you just to be, let's just stick with primed and powerful, because frankly, we've been talking about it for way too long now. So, what that means is as you come in to the front of the machine, I want you to be in a powerful posture, which means braced core, powerful back, nice and up, primed and ready. And same at the back, where as you finish the stroke, you want to have a nice braced core and a powerful upper back, accepting that force, ready to recover again. But the difference between the front and the back of the machine is that the front, you lean in to run about a one o'clock position. Then at the back, you reverse that to run about 11 o'clock position. And the truth is, that back lean, you really don't have to think about it. The forward one, maybe, yeah, you have to think, right, get through into the front. But by the time you drive from the front and you pull in the handle, it's kind of like naturally, your body's gonna to want to lean into a backwards position to take all that force. So then what it becomes is making sure you don't lean too far back. But then also comes down to what I'm saying about posture, about being braced and able to take the force of the stroke as you finish. But then the second part of posture is then just as important when it comes to that transition from your forward lean into your backward lean. And that's about rocking over your hips. Right, we're halfway through this first interval. Already, crikey, I'm only on. <laughs> I'm only on the hip swing. How long was I talking about prime posture for? <sighs> I mean, to be honest, one of the reasons I'll slow this stuff down and kind of labor a point, take my time, is that there's quite a lot of information to get across. And what I don't want to do is just sit here and machine gun all of it at you in a one-hour. 
I'd expect you to take it all in. So by meandering my way through the various aspects of technique, I'm kind of hoping it means that you engage with what I'm saying at the right point. So anyway, when I said lean in at the front, you have a couple of ways that the body can lean in. You can either round your upper back to lean in, or you can really crumple your lower back to lean in, both of which I'd really rather you didn't. What I want you to do is be in that powerful primed posture and then just hinge, pivot, swing, whatever word tickles your fancy from that one o'clock at the front to 11 at the back and then back to one again. That's all you're doing is hinging backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. It does sound simple, but one of the reasons that long, slow rows like this exist is to give you the space to practice that because quite often you think you're doing it then you come back and watch a video of yourself and find you <laughs> all over the place and even only a couple of nights ago I was doing my 4-3-2 combo row of bike, row and ski erg and the three minute row I was doing it 24 strokes a minute and full power and I suddenly thought I wonder what my hip position's like and started to really concentrate on that while I was rowing and the difference of what I thought was a powerful posture with my hips tilted forwards to give me that forward pivot. The difference between what I thought was right and then what I then really kind of sat up and made myself do was huge. Suddenly I'm going two seconds faster for every 500 meters, all because the difference between thinking and doing. So again, that's a reason that I often talk technique is to give you a chance to really self-examine. And so when I say, do you have a powerful primed posture, you can take a moment while I'm waffling on about what's the right word for that 
you can take that moment to self-examine and go, oh, hang on, no, I don't. Or, yes, I do, move on. So anyway. And then the last point for posture is as you come into the front, when I'm talking about primed posture and that forward rock, is you want to make sure at the front your hips tilt forwards okay so that's what is making you lean in not hips rolled back and then some kind of golem-esque or rounding into the front but the key there is to think about at the front sitting up on your sit bones okay so rather than being back on the fleshy part of your backside if you can think about engaging those sit bones through the whole entirety of the stroke even making sure at the back when you finish that it's your sit bones connecting with the seat and not the fleshy part of your butt then not only will that connect you to your posture a lot better but this goes back to what I was saying about people suffering from sore backsides from rowing and it's because they're well you'll find in a lot of those cases is that they have their hips rolled back a lot with their tailbone tucked underneath them and this means first off you can end up with a sore tailbone but also because you're rocking back and forwards over the meaty part of your backside you can basically start to bruise the muscles on your backside and that's what the pain is whereas being primed and forwards on those sit bones takes that rolling squeezing squashing pressure away but you have to make sure that you're on the sit bones at the front and at the back it's all very good being on your sit bones at the front but if you come to the back and you just roll under again you're still going to have all of the same issues that I've already described alright that's quite a deep dive on posture today and there's a fair bit of the stroke left to describe so I'll get into that in the next interval I'll try and be a little less school teachery about it you must not have your tailbone tucked under you <laughs> I imagine that's what teachers are like I spent hardly any time at school <laughs> 
well I did until about third year which is 14 15 years old and that's when I discovered drumming and playing in a band and suddenly my life's plan at that point was to be the drummer in either the band I was in at the time or for Van Halen but it's still unlikely they were going to get rid of Alex Van Halen to get me on drums a 14, 15 year old pasty faced Scottish boy hey everyone needs a dream Right, four strokes to go, then we get rest. Two more. One more. There we go. So I kept that. I finished at 70% of my max heart rate. It's up 138, which is perfect for, well, for me anyway. Not that I particularly do heart rate based training, but I do like to keep these bottom tier ones, I like to keep them quite low. There's the Maffetone principle, which I've talked about in a few other sessions, um, which basically says for low rate work, like if you're running or whatever, you should keep your heart rate between 60 and 65% of your max, not let it go much over the 65. Um, which for me just feels a little bit too low when rowing. Um, must be said, my heart rate is artificially higher just because I'm talking away to you during the row. So, from an effort muscles point of view, I'm sure, like I say, that finished around about 70, 68, 70. Um, it probably would have been closer to 65 if I just stuck on Van Halen and rode along to that. I do listen to other music other than Van Halen. I do listen to like Dead Mouse and. Who else? London Grammar. You love London Grammar. Her voice is amazing. And I've just finished making a documentary about a Scottish band from the mid-20s, 2014, 15. Um, 2010s, I wouldn't it? Um, called The Amazing Snakeheads, who are particularly my kind of music. A bit not safe for work in terms of language, but after spending time making that documentary for the past four weeks, I've kind of really got into them now. Good aggressive kind of rock and roll indie scottish stuff anyway right sorry i'll shut up we are going to start interval two in 10 seconds so get ready for this i hope you've managed to have a drink we're going in five four three two one let's go so same pace and stroke rate as before however if you're feeling a little bit worn out from the first one in conjunction with session two of this 2k plan then do watch your pace and if you have to back off a second or so in order to keep this as a bottom tier then do so I'm hoping that if you're already sitting on the 2k plus 22 pace 
where you then factor in the two minutes rest we've just had. You shouldn't need to back off your pace in order to keep this bottom tier, but everybody's different. We all respond to different sessions in different ways. Some people absolutely munch their way through a session like this. It's like exactly what they've been built for. Whereas other people just can't quite click with a session like this, but they're amazing at sprinting. Now what I'd say is that there is value to working at being good at this kind of session. It does build this core fitness that you have, this foundation fitness that then allows you to go fast, but also just in terms of control over your rowing stroke, if you're uncomfortable doing it right now, if you can spend time on it and learn the control, then you're developing as a rower. And then that sense of control will help you on some of the later sessions when you need to gauge how fast or how intense you should be rowing. Okay, so coming up for three minutes in and I can continue technique chat. So, I've covered posture and we'll kind of touch on it as I go through the rest of the stroke, but hopefully you get what I mean. That this hinge forwards and backwards through your hips is vital for injury prevention, for power control, and ultimately, it'll make you fitter and stronger because you're engaging the right muscles. But, just swinging your back forwards and backwards isn't gonna do much. If you're sitting on the couch, just leaning in and leaning back, you're not really gonna become that much of a better rower. I mean, that might be a good off the rower exercise if you're not used to it, but it's not gonna help you much in a rowing machine, is it? So, how do you, how do you row? Let's look at it that way. Well, first thing to say is that the majority of the power from your stroke is first sent in from the legs. Okay, so push at the front with your legs. And that's the only thing generating power. But now, it must be said, 
that in order to get that power from your legs up into the handle, a few things have to be in place. First of which, it must be said, is the posture. Stuff that I was wanging on about in the first interval. So you want to make sure the power travels up through your back, your good powerful posture, and then you want to make sure you've got straight arms at the front of the machine, okay? So as you push with the legs, you keep your arms straight and you try and keep that forward lean. And what that does is it sends the power from your legs up through your body and into the handle without really anything else adding in any force and certainly not getting in the way of the force from your legs. I'm not talking about Star Wars here. For instance, if you come into the front and instead of having straight arms, you pull on the handle, suddenly your legs lose, there we go, I just lost so much pace doing that. Your legs lose lots of available power and you're fighting against that power with your arms. But then also what it means is that when you get to the back of the stroke, when I do want you to pull, you've already used up half of that arm pull by pulling too soon and wasting a lot of power. So in order to get that leg power efficiently into the machine, you have a forward lean, straight arms, and then push into the foot plates with your legs. However, that's not where it all ends. You've still got two more phases to add in power, one of which we've obviously just described already. But So you push with the legs, and then about halfway through that leg push, that's when you finally swing your back from the one o'clock to 11 o'clock position. Swish. And that adds in a whole bunch more force as the mass of your upper body swings from that forwards to backwards position. And that's why I want you to hold the forward lean at the front as you start the leg drive. Because if you swing too soon, then not only are you losing that extra power from your backswing, as you can see, I've just dropped four seconds in pace from what's 
what I perceive is the same leg power anyway. So I'm gonna go back to normal. So not only do you lose power, but by doing, by swinging your back before you push with your legs, you suddenly send all that power from your legs through your lower back instead of from your posterior chain up through your body which is the other reason why I say poor posture causes people to say I don't like rowing I always have a sore back afterwards well chances are it's because they're rowing constantly with their back backwards <laughs> obviously not back backwards that would be facing backwards forwards but you know you know what I'm saying and then once you start that back swing I want you to think about a strong finish with your arms and I mean strong finish there's a real danger of the arms being an afterthought there's a very popular technique mantra called push don't pull one that I used to use but the problem with that mantra is it says don't pull and the fact is at the front as you drive with your legs it is 100% correct don't pull with your arms however when you get to the back of the stroke I want you to pull with your arms I don't want something saying don't pull because that's it's like the days of when I played squash and I had a coach who would say keep the ball up keep the ball up and I'm like why do you phrase it that way and he said well if I said to you don't hit the tin which is the the kind of the bottom part which you don't want to hit so if I said to you don't hit the tin all you hear is hit the tin and it's the same with this if someone says to you don't pull what you're going to be thinking is oh, don't pull whereas I want you to pull so I much prefer describing the stroke as push from the front and then push rock then push rock pull okay so push rock pull And then once you've done your pull, you then get the recovery. So I'm wearing a very fetching t-shirt today that says push, rock, pull, recover. That's all you need to think about. It's push, rock, pull, recover. 
and that gives you all of the cues you need to transition through the various stages of the stroke. Of course, I am lumping quite a lot of movement into the word recover because there's quite a lot going on there. First being, once you finish, once you've done the pull, I want you to push again. Okay, so push the handle away from you. At the same rhythm you brought it in at. Okay, so not whoosh, really fast. Whoosh, that's not right. Just in, out. And then get the handle over your knees while rocking forwards over your hips. So again, we're push, rock. And then once the, your hands are past your knees and your body has rocked forwards over your hips again, all you have to do is bend your knees and you'll effortlessly slide to the front machine again. So the recovery is just handle away, rock, slide. Handle, rock, slide. And there really shouldn't be any proper muscular activity going on there. Nice and relaxed arms as you come forwards. Relaxed as though you're a zombie. Loose shoulders. You want it to be at a nice neutral height. So if you finish with the handle run about sternum height, I want you to just send the handle straight back out at the same height. Especially on a rowing machine, there isn't really any value in going down and then up and then down and then up. And in fact, that down up, if you're not used to it, what that can lead to is as you go forwards a really crumpled posture and then as you drive what it does is it sends your back back too early so try to pull in straight back out again nice straight line relaxed arms in fact if you're watching this on YouTube, take a look afterwards and you should see I've got a piece of red tape at the front of the machine. Ideally, I want the chain to not deviate more than like an inch below that red tape as I go backwards and forwards 
So the recovery is a nice relaxed one, priming you for the next stroke. But the last thing to say about recovery is you slide forwards. Remember I said, get your shins to vertical. So that's important. But what I don't want you to do is linger. To be honest, either end of the stroke, lingering is bad. So at the back, make sure and finish straight back out. Don't hold it and then recover. And then at the front, what's better is to come in and then instantly power straight back out again. Power. The moment you feel your shins get to vertical, instantly get those heels down into the foot plates. Boom. And power back. Pushing the machine away from you. Because if you hold, what's likely to happen is that, and I can, I can see it happening right now, is that that time you hold at the front, because you're coiled up like a spring, your butt scoots away from you. If I hold, yeah, I'm losing a good six inches while I wait before I drive with my legs. There we go. There's a good example. So anyway, so come into the front, drive, connect instantly, feet press, handle picks up the flywheel. And then the final thing is your head. Try to look at the monitor, maybe the top line, all the way through the stroke. It's as if you're using a Concept 2 and it's up at eye height. If it's down at your feet, I don't want you to be like this the whole time. But you get what I mean? Straight ahead. And what that means is that you're not going down, but also you're not tempted to look up and break that back angle too soon. So keep focused forwards. I usually have Heisenberg, my Lego man, strapped to the top of the monitor for that very reason, but he must be out doing some business tonight. All right, last stroke. There we go. 20 minutes times two, two minutes rest. You should feel like that was a good solid workout, but it shouldn't have destroyed you. It should have helped you recover after session two and prime you, importantly, for session four. Now, let me quickly find where my two minute row is on ErgZone, there we go. Load it up, send workout to PM5. See how easy that was compared to having to go in and select workout, new workout, and yeah. So, I'm gonna do a two minute cool down now. It's important to still do it, even though that wasn't that tough a workout. So, hopefully you've had a drink already just to get you through this. And then let's get into our cool down in three, two, one, let's go. So unsurprisingly, 
We're going to carry on at 18 strokes a minute here. It's been an 18-day. So, maybe not my most entertaining spiel today because we went through technique quite a lot. But I do think the value of always talking about technique is much better than me trying to be a comedy man telling jokes the whole way through or, or even just kind of platitudes of going come on, you can do this, stay strong push with your legs, you've got it, come on, stay strong for this whole session come on, come on, come on to the end I mean seriously, I'd turn off after about six seconds if that's why I had to put up with but hopefully my meandering chat like a fish get lost swimming up the river about technique not only kind of helps pass the time for you but you kind of swim in and out of focus and maybe at the point when I say um, get those hands past your knees that's a point when you've kind of forgotten to do that and then I say it and you go oh yeah and then you start doing it again It's like listening to an album by a band and then listening to the live album afterwards. I hear noises outside. I don't know if someone's banging on the studio door wanting an in. Maybe it's my dinner time. Got a lovely Chinese chicken thighs dish tonight with veggies. Looking forward to that. Right, warm-up's done. Assuming that is somebody shouting on me to go in for dinner. Or it's fireworks. Can you hear that? Oh no, it stopped. Huh. This is exciting. You're watching a man now watching, listening for fireworks. Ah, anyway. So, that was fun, wasn't it? That was a waste of 10 seconds of your life. <laughs> so, I do hope you enjoyed today's session. I'm quite enjoying going back over these sessions within the 2k plan my idea basically is to kind of buddy these up for the time being alongside the ones in the existing 2k plan and then once i've been through them all i'm basically going to migrate them all into a new playlist and kind of just call that the 2k alternate or or whatever 2k redux so you can find just them rather than kind of confusing it by people going huh why have you got the same session twice which i know will happen if it was me i'd be looking at it going eh what so anyway so I hope you enjoyed this one. I think I spoke about completely different stuff than I did the last time around. Hopefully I've got better hair and facial hair and hair. I actually cut my own hair again yesterday. It's what lockdown's done to us all. Um, and look, I didn't put this, this stupid skunk stripe in my head. But yeah, so hopefully it's been worthwhile going over exactly the same session, but listening to me talk about stuff in a slightly different way. Hopefully you're vaguely entertained by my nonsense. I mean, like I've said before, I figure I have a unique brand here in that I'm not one of the alpha coaches. I love the alpha coaches. I'm not having to go at them. I think both of them, the main ones, I'm not going to call them by name because I'm not going to advertise them. Oh, who's doing that? Um, one of them I know really well anyway and love him to bits. Uh, the other guy I don't really know, but I love what he does. However, they're not... They're completely different league to me in terms of their coaching style and stuff. Um, and they are coaches. They will kind of like 
they'll get you through stuff in a completely different way than me. I tend to just distract you and talk you through stuff as though I'm sitting next to you. I kind of, it was Wilson that uh, coined the term a rowing companion. And I quite like that where it's like, I'm just your companion. I'm just along the ride with you. We're both rowing together. You're helping me row, I'm helping you row, we're both getting better together. And it's not that I'm sitting here shouting at you and kind of giving you the and then at the end of it giving you a hard sell to pay for something. I mean, yeah, sure, buy a t-shirt, yeah, whatever, but um, I'm not trying to sell anything, I'm just trying to row with you. So anyway, so I, I exist in my own little niche. It's not a very big niche, especially when you compare the numbers with the other guys, but hey, the fact is that everyone that gets in touch and says hello and rows along with this, I really feel we've got a great club and a, hey man, we've got a great connection, yay. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I suddenly sound really needy when I say that, don't I? Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm loving this. I'm hoping you are too. Um, and yeah, and we're both getting stronger, fitter, faster, thinner, whatever, together. So thank you so much for hanging around. Make sure uh, do the subscribe and all that kind of social stuff. Just type roll along everywhere and send hearts and chocolates and Jack Dan. Oh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Oh, be well. Where's the fireworks? <laughs> Who's, who sets off fireworks? It's, what is it? It's the 7th of March. What reason would there be to set off fireworks? For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.